Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Actor James Matteo joins the star-studded TV tribute American Valor tonight to celebrate Veterans Day. I spoke to Matteo about the real-life military heroes honored on the TV special, as well as his role on HBO's Band of Brothers, which remains arguably the best TV miniseries ever made. James Matteo, hey, thank you so much for joining us on WTOP in Washington, D.C. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Now we're talking because today, uh, obviously for Veterans Day, um, we are celebrating all of the nation's veterans and all those brave troops that have served for us over the years. Um, And it's going to be with a special broadcast called American Valor. And you will be one of the celebrities taking part in this. Um, Where was this thing filmed? I know it airs today, but you you pre-taped it here in in Washington, D.C. a couple of weeks ago, right? Yes, we did. We pre-taped it last week. Uh, Rob Riggle hosted. He was uh, he did an amazing job. Uh, what a guy! What a career! And we we were in Washington D.C. Leave at the Omni Hotel. Yeah, it was at the Omni Hotel. And and where can folks watch it today? You could actually watch it on numerous networks. I believe ABC, NBC, uh, FN, the Armed Forces Network. That would be. Uh, uh, broadcasting it on all all the American bases all over the world. Uh, I believe Fox as well has it. So yeah, it's been broadcast uh, all around and on a lot of networks. Awesome. Yeah, I always love that. In addition to um, you know, the, the quote, regular civilians watching on the, the networks. I, I love that they stream it on the armed services network too, because let's face it, that those are the folks that should, should get to watch this thing the most. Um, not to mention the veterans watching from home. So obviously, obviously the main stars of this are going to be, um, the actual veterans that, that we highlight. Um, but in addition to that, um, you know, you're a, you're a Hollywood guy yourself. So in addition, uh, there's some really big Hollywood celebrities. Um, and many of them have, uh, tie-ins, you know, with military themed movies and, and shows and stuff. So who, who else is going to be on the program with you? Well, absolutely. First off, uh, the main thing is what you said is the, the real celebrities are, are the heroes, are the men and women. Uh, who are being awarded uh, here tonight. But we have Hollywood has joined us. We got, uh, I believe, Bradley Cooper will be saying some wonderful remarks. You know, he, he thought an American sniper. Tom Cruise jumps on and says uh, some beautiful words. Uh, Chris Pratt will be uh, speaking as well. As we all know, Zero Dark 30. Got Chris Pine, Edward Norton. Hillary Swank, uh, it's just it's just star-studded and uh, hosted by Rob Riggle, who does a 
a terrific job as well. All right, cool. So in addition to that, um, we're going to salute some of the veterans too, right? I see some of the profiles on the website. Do you know any of their personal stories offhand? I do. I know uh, Vince Speranza, who I actually uh, give the award to. And Vince has got the uh, uh, incredible story. Uh, but yeah, I've met, I've met Vince a few times. Vince Speranza, yeah. Could you share a little bit of his story right now? I know he was in the 101st uh, Airborne Division or yes, at, at Bastogne yes, in yes. Battle of the Bulge. Yeah, yeah. It's 101st Airborne, uh, 501st, yeah. Uh, so, yes, one of the heroes joining us is a World War II hero called, uh, his name is Vince Speranza. Uh, a really, really great guy. I've met him on numerous occasions. Uh, he was with the 101st Airborne Division, uh, the 501st, uh, uh, 3rd Battalion, H Company. And he served as, as a as a machine gunner, and uh, I believe he's 96 years old today. Uh, Vince uh, fought in the Battle of the Bulge, and during the Battle of the Bulge, Vince supposedly in Bastogne found a blown out uh, tavern, like a bar. The only thing working was the beer, the keg was the only thing working. So what he did was he took his helmet off, he filled up his helmet with that beer, ran it back to the guys, gave them all beer, and did that, I believe, a few times. What happened was Vince went back years and years ago after the war, uh, and he shows up in Bastogne, and there was this story going around about this young soldier from World War II who ran back and forth from this tavern, given his uh, 101st Airborne, given him... A uh, beer. That's all. Awesome. He got there. He yeah. So he saw all these uh uh, uh these these uh, uh tourists drinking out of the helmet, and he came forward and supposedly said that was me. I was the guy who did all this. So then <laughs> they, they they like named the beer after him, and it's called nuts. So when you go to Bastogne, right in Bastogne, it's a cafe nuts, and you could drink Vince's beer. And not only that, Vince is like decorated in the hundred and first. Airborne Museum in Bastogne, where there is actually a wax figure of himself. So he's just become, <laughs> you know, this this <laughs> global figure. Uh, but he's he's a hell of a guy, uh, sharp as a tack, and uh, and I'm honored and and incredibly humbled to uh, give him an award uh, today. So I'm excited about that. Wow, that is such a great story. And the fact you can still go to Bastogne and see, he's, he's sort of a, he's a folk hero there now for his beer and, and military service. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. Right. Well, right. that, um, yeah. that uh, is, yeah. that obviously, uh, the segue writes itself. Thank you so much. Because when I hear Bastogne, I immediately think of, of you know, the, those amazing scenes in Band of Brothers, the miniseries um, that mm -hmm. um, that was on HBO. But I, actually, I think we are, what, I think this is the 30th anniversary of uh, Stephen Ambrose's uh, book uh, of Band of Brothers. And then obviously I, the, the miniseries came out what, early 2001 or something. Um, talk about how um, off the heels of Saving Private Ryan in 98, then comes Band of Brothers with, you know, Spielberg and Tom Hanks sort of coming together, executive producing it um, after Private Ryan. Talk about how it was just, man, I, those two works together, Private Ryan and Band of Brothers, to me, to me, I think it's like the most realistic, um, gripping uh, war, World War II stuff that, that's ever been made. But I mean, do, do you agree? I mean, it's just phenomenal filmmaking. Yeah, I mean, it, it's dedication. It's making sure you do it right. 
But yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That's those two between Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers. That's that cinematic history and, and, and storytelling of the World War II and just trying to capture just a little bit, just a fraction of what maybe these guys went through. Because look, I spent a lot of time with a lot of the veterans of the 101st and Easy Company in particular, and you know even Frank Percanti, uh, the guy I portrayed. And it's never going to be exactly what they went through. And we know that. We know that. But if, if, if we could show America and the world what this generation went through and pass that legacy and those stories on to the youngest generation and the next generation so we never forget, I think that's the importance. And I think that's what Save It Private Ryan and Band of Brothers, among a whole lot of other things, have done. Uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. And and talk about why, how, um, um, in Band of Brothers, um, how I thought I thought I thought one of the coolest pieces of that was, um, you know, getting to hear, you know, the interviews with the actual veterans uh, that that sort mm-hmm. of set up the episode. Right. They talk about what's what happened at, at that chapter of this of the story. It kind of intercuts the narrative with the actual real life stories. How how important do you think was was that? I mean, that to me that makes it stand out from a lot of the other war war material. Well, I'm, it's a it's an incredible segue uh opening powerful opening to all the episodes is actually hearing from the veterans who were there and lived it and uh you got to give uh, uh uh kudos to tom hanks and and spielberg and tony toe and all the creative executives over there who knew that that was going to work as a segue into the episodes those guys talking about this many years later and dedicating their time after putting this away for 60, 70 years and never speaking of it to come out. You know, you were kind of afraid that, that you were opening up these old wounds. I say it a lot. These guys were not ready for this. This was the, they were in their legacy years. They were enjoying themselves. And then you have some actor, producer, director calling you and wanting some detailed information of how, and to the left of you or the right of you uh, had potentially gotten killed and how you felt about that. I can't imagine that job and talking to them. I know when I first contacted Frank Perconti, I was very worried about that. I didn't know how he was going to be. Was he going to accept me? Uh, but thankfully, Frank was very open. Uh, we got along really well. We spent a lot of time together. We've traveled Europe together. We went back to Bastogne and looked for his foxhole. We went to Foy, where he was shot in his butt. Uh, where he, you know, he was wounded. Directly uh, in the buttocks, got, as Forrest would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got that's a, mi- that's a million dollar wound, uh, but I didn't see a nickel of that money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But yeah, you know, these guys, it, it, it's just to be a part of it was a small part of it. What I mean was career changing obviously jason yeah absolutely and um it's like to, that's such a good point you make that 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 was a generation that they didn't talk about it they came home you know and, the, and from the war and you know baby boom had the baby boomers and and just lived went on living life um but uh, a lot of them just didn't want to talk mm-hmm. about it It was too hard and and here we are on this gripping television series uh sharing those stories i i those interviews are just 
it's so amazing and then in terms of like you know the the you know dramatization of it that you guys had to do um talk about the you know not only yourself but the cast that you got to work with and oh my god like um mm -hmm. i mean i know um what damian lewis as as winters you know was, was uh, first comes to mind but you get all these other actors like you know ron livingston was known for like office space but here he is playing a serious you know uh, <laughs> uh lewis nixon or or david schwimmer as ross and friends and here he is this completely different role and donnie Wahlberg, and, and the list goes on and on but like talk at scott grimes but talk, talk about how um you know, you were just surrounded by just like an all-star cast that, uh, I mean, it's unrivaled in, in, in cast, in, in shows. Like, I, I mean, I don't think you could find a better cast around. Well, yes. And I, we have to thank Meg Lieberman who casted that uh, for, <laughs> she is the person, she is all of our adopted mother. She was, it was a phenomenal cast. Uh, look, I got it ask this question a lot and and I could take up hours upon hours about talking about my admiration for the other actors and our cast and, and our crew uh, with this project. Whatever they did, they did by design. I work with the World War II Museum quite a bit and I get to travel and I say the story of, of our boot camp and the producers put us through a boot camp. Now it's an actor's boot camp. Uh, so anybody who served, I always like to say, you know, put your earmuffs on. This is, <laughs> this is us as actors sort of doing a boot camp. They, they put us through a boot camp, but it was pretty rigorous, Jason. We would, we would do a lot, uh, breaking down our weapons, doing maneuvers, marching, you had night duty, uh, tank maneuvers, everything you can imagine in a, in a 16 to 17 hour day, and sometimes more. And they broke you down. And you recognize that you needed the person to the left of you and the right of you in order to get through this boot camp. And uh, that's where we all got to know each other. We all called each other by characters' names. Mm -hmm. I didn't know some of the names of these people till years later. That's why I had no idea who some of the names were. Right. Now, I didn't know Damian Lewis, you know, Ron Livingston, I didn't know, heard of him. Uh, you know, a lot of these guys were not the big name that they are today. Right. For the most part. This helped and make them. Band of Brothers had, it did, it did. It 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 had an incredible cast, an amazing career. But these guys are my brothers. I would do anything for them. We still have our reunion once a year at Bull's house. That's just us actors, and we tell our stories about acting and how we got through it and some funny stories. And obviously over the years, these stories have grown to mammoth proportions where the fish got bigger and bigger and bigger each time the story is told <laughs> but you know that stuff just drinking a few beers enjoying ourselves we know what we've done we know what we've created in help honoring those men and we are all very proud of it extremely proud of it and we wear it on our sleeve properly where, where did you say the the annual reunion is bull's house where our annual band of brothers reunion typically takes place at Bull Randleman's uh, house, Michael Cutlets. Uh, okay. Bull Randleman. Uh, we just had our 20th reunion at the World War II Museum, that is supposed to be, which was really, really cool. Wow. That is really, what, at what museum? The World War II Museum in New Orleans. 
Wow. That, 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 yeah. I mean, you're, you're, it's all intertwined at this point. Like we think of the, the world war II history mm -hmm. and uh, the images from your, your show comes to mind now. Do you, um, and by the way, we're talking about this as if everyone has seen it, but oh my God, if you have, if you, if you've got this far in the interview and you haven't seen band of brothers, seriously, like stop what you're doing, hit pause on this podcast or whatever <laughs> and go watch it. I mean, it is, it is quintessential stuff. Do you, do you have a, a, a personal favorite episode that you think is the finest of the 10? That is a good question. Uh, you look, I'm biased to the show, not because I'm in it. I, I just, I love the importance of it. Uh, I'm, I'm, all of those guys I've come to know for 20 years, we've, you know, babysat kids, who, who lived in whose houses, who got married on property, all of that stuff, who's yeah. been in each other's movies, who works together. It's that type of camaraderie. So when I watch it, I just love every one of them because I love everybody's performance. If I had to choose, uh, you know, episode, the Bastogne episode really stands out. Yeah. Uh, with the medic, Doc Rowe, played by uh, Shane Taylor. But the, but the one I would say is episode nine with the concentration camps. I think a lot of these young men had no, knew they were fighting for something, but when they stumbled upon the concentration camps, I think they recognized, hence the title of the ninth episode, is why we fight or why we're fighting. So, you know what? Episode nine, because it was also a tough episode because we used to, you know, we had a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, hard work doing Band of Brothers. And then when episode nine came along, a lot of the fun sort of, uh, came to reality and realized, you know, the importance of the show. So yeah, and plus the uh, the sets and 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 uh, uh, the concentration camp victims and the bodies and everything. Just the way the production had set designed that and set decorated that. Just it was mind blowing how they did that. So speechless, really speechless. It's so funny that you said that because that's the episode I was going to name. I mean, uh, I remember my, my, I watched the whole, so I watched the whole thing with my dad, obviously huge World War II buff and, um, mm -hmm. you know, Bastone, the, the wintry images and all that stuff. Like, uh, you know, all those episodes are great, but the one that I was going to say was why we fight the episode, the penultimate episode, episode nine, because it is, it's like you're mm -hmm. watching Saving Private Ryan for eight episodes and then suddenly you get a Schindler's list in there that just knocks you out. Um, and then you wrap it all up with in points in episode 10 but he with the violin in the beginning right the violin in the beginning and end right it was wonderful it was wonderful but david franklin directed that actually had family on, I, I believe on both ends his mother and father's side who were in concentration camps oh wow so uh yeah it's a very very powerful episode uh yeah wow yeah he so he was he was born in in new york city but you know his jewish family so he his ancestors uh lived it so um wow yeah. i mean yes we we could sit here and talk band of brothers all day you know and, and of course and then it inspired the, the pacific later you know that series that you know um you know would talk about right um yeah. the the other theater of war um but yeah i mean if, if you think about if you think um what is it v ve day you think of band of brothers and, and vj mm -hmm. day you think uh pacific you guys kind of covered the, the whole gamut there um well anyway <laughs> we've yeah, uh we've <laughs> we we've we can't rave about it enough it, it is it is like arguably the greatest tv series ever people need to rank it towards the top of their list whenever they make those lists but we're i want to ask really quick about you a little more about your your career because you know i i don't want to i don't want to just say all you've ever done is band of brothers you've done a lot of stuff <laughs> so <laughs> So tell me, uh, long before Frank playing Frank Percante, uh, 
tell me about where you grew up. You were born in uh, what in the Bronx in, in what in 1975. So um, you know, tell me what sort of stuff did you watch growing up, and how'd you get into acting? Well, I mean, so I got into acting at like 13, 14 years old. Uh, outgrew me. I'm not the biggest guy. And I'm getting into a lot of trouble on the streets of the Bronx. And my father's friend was dating a woman who represented uh, uh, child actors. And I guess they sat down to eat. And, and my father said, I don't know what to do with my son. He goes, well, you know, why, you know, why don't you meet this, this woman I'm dating? And, and maybe he wants to act. I went downtown and I met her. And then I had an audition for the movie Hook as a lost boy. And uh, I auditioned for that a few times. And then they finally blew me out from the Bronx to Los Angeles <laughs> to be a lost boy in Hook. And just from there, uh, I played Dustin Hoffman's son in a movie called Hero. And then a couple of years later, I did uh, a really indie, uh, darling, uh, festival-driven movie called The Basketball Diaries with Leonardo DiCaprio. And, of course. And uh, Mark Wahlberg and uh, just a, a hell of a cast. A great, great movie if you haven't seen it. And then a lot of television, couple independents and band of brothers and, you know, and then I'm on a show right now or it's kind of ended. It's called The Offer that premieres on Paramount, The Making of the Godfather. And I produce, right, um, projects of my own as well. So, you know, I stay busy. I'm, I'm, I've been grandfathered into this industry, but I wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> I love it. And so wild. I mean, we're talking Band of Brothers and Spielberg executive producing it, but it's so wild. You got started on a Spielberg movie with Hook. That's that's wild. I missed a lost boy. Did you? <laughs> so if I say Rufio, Rufio, you can end it by saying <laughs> Rufio. <laughs> I go Rufio. Then I guess the Dustin Hoffman you know, connection. The funny thing, oh, yeah. Well, Dustin Hoffman took me off the set of Hook and, and brought me to his trailer and having me the producers of that film. And uh, yeah. he was pitching me to be his son. Wow. I remember him taking my helmet off because that was when we were filming the battle scenes with the Lost Boys against the Pride. He took my helmet off and fixing my hair to make me look like him. And I was telling him, come on, this kid's great. Let's put him in the movie. <laughs> so <laughs> I went, you know, I got one audition and I got two, two studio films. The funny thing is when I auditioned for Band of Brothers, I, I I happened to be the first one there because I had one of the early appointments and I'm sitting outside the front door, just nervous as anything. And uh, Spielberg was walking up, I believe, with Gary Getzman. And uh, I held the door open for him. I see him coming. And he was in mid-conversation with Gary. And he just stopped mid-conversation and he goes to thank me to hold the door open. And then he recognizes me 10 years later because I did hook when I was 13, 14. He recognized you as a lost boy? He actually recognized you. That's so he cool. He says, hey, no, it's what he said to me. He goes, hey, my lost boy, it's good to see you. You know, I'm, I'll be happy to see you up there. He told me. And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks for having me. man. I'm looking forward to it. It's an amazing project. Hopefully, you know, hopefully it goes my way. And, uh, and he goes, all right, I'll see you up there. Do great things. And I was like, oh, my God, Spielberg remembered me. So it was great when I went into the audition minutes later because all that anxiety was it off my shoulders of would he remember me is Stephen going to be there Do, you know that so, but, uh, so yeah timing sometimes is everything 
Oh, absolutely. That is a cool story that he, I mean, the arguably the most, I mean, not arguably the most famous director of all time, maybe Hitchcock and him, but um, you ask someone on the street, name yeah. a director, they'll say Steven Spielberg. And he remembered you. That's awesome. Um, you've been generous with your time. Yeah. Before we run, you mentioned something that I am dying to talk to you about the offer. I freaking, I ate that show up. I remember uh, I, I, cause a, I'm a huge fan of the Godfather, obviously and the making of it and all that. Um, um, but you know, when that was, when that dropped on Paramount plus, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to review these episodes. And I just remember hitting next, next, like I wanted to, <laughs> I had to keep watching it. Uh, right. Tell me about um, just that experience. You you played uh, what you were part of in like the gangster sort of scenes, right? Like the Columbia. Right, right, right. I played, I played, uh, yeah, I played Carmine. I played uh, 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 Columbo's right, right hand man. I don't want to give too much away if nobody's watching it. Sure. Uh, but uh, Dexter Fletcher, the executive producer and uh, director on it, he was Johnny Martin in Band of Brothers. So he called me and was like, Jim, you're the most Italian guy I know. I'm doing a television show based on The Godfather, uh, and I want you to be in it. And I was just blown away <laughs> because I'm a huge Godfather fan as well. I mean, who is not sort of uh, what I've always went back and watched as an actor to, to get motivated. And, uh, and they cast me as Carmine, and it was, it was a great series. But I got I to be honest, I didn't read all the all the scripts i just kind of read my parts and i'll and normally i don't do that but jason it goes back to what you were saying all these little nuggets of how it got made and why it got made and what fell through the cracks and all these stories about the godfather and the making of it just blew my mind and i think that's what the law was to watching it keep watching it and and watch the next episode and binge watch it like wait a minute this this didn't happen. Is this really real with the gangsters and, and, and Frank Sinatra and, and, and Evans and Coppola and Puzo and all of this? Is it really true? But filming it was amazing because I'm throwing back in time. I'm wearing these great outfits. I'm playing, uh, you know, a mafia boss <laughs> and I'm working with some of the people that I've always wanted to work with, which is Dexter Fletcher, who I worked with in Band of Brothers, but it was years. Uh, Nikki Toscano, who was the EP on this. All the actors, you know, Giovanni Ribisi and uh, who was in uh, Private Ryan. There's so many uh, tie-ins. <laughs> who was in? Who was? Who was in Private Ryan? Of course, but yeah, a great show. I had a, a fun time on that. I'll tell you. Oh yeah, recommend it to anyone. I mean, Miles Teller as Albert Ruddy and uh, and and Matthew Good as Robert Evans. That that's just a delicious performance. <laughs> so he's so good. You couldn't take your eyes off him, man. Talk about someone who's gone for it. He was fantastic. <laughs> I know. And then just the, uh, what uh, Dan Fogler as, as Coppola and then uh, uh, Patrick Gallo as, as Puzo. I mean, it's uh, we, we'd be here all day. It, 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 I, I just loved it. It was like, um, I don't even, I don't want to say guilty pleasure because that reduced, that's reduced, you know, it, it almost sounds demeaning because I love the show, but you know, it was, it was like, no, you can say that. Come on, keep, you can say that. I had to just keep <laughs> watching it. <laughs> um, hey, thank you so much for joining us. And it's been quite a career so far since, since the Lost Boys, but a lot, a lot left to go. You know, what, what do we get? Anything good coming up next? We want to tease? Yes. I just wrapped up, uh, uh, called the featherweight it's based on the great featherweight willie pep in the 40s 50s and 60s so we just wrapped that up it's it's a boxing movie it's, it's an independent art house so uh helped produce it and i starred as willie pep so 
how to get into boxing shape and, and Willie Pep shape. But uh, we, there's some good things on the horizon for that. We just submitted to the Sundance Film Festival and also submitted to Berlin. So we're waiting to get back on that. All right. See, Will, the Willie Pep story, the world featherweight champion, uh, what, twice between 1942 and 1950, right? That's right, great- right. We fall upon Willie in 1965 after his retirement. He's, you know, he's, He's on his fourth wife. He's got no money. Uh, his, his his son is is dealing with a, a drug abuse problem. His, mm. his father is not well and had a stroke. He's got no money. He's battling with his parents. His wife is twenty years old, and Willie's forty six. So, mm. uh, and you know she's thinking about leaving him. So he makes a comeback to the ring after being uh, retired, and he was already elected to the Hall of Fame. So he's even mm. he was already in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and he comes back and wins another 10 fights. <laughs> and in 1965, with the Willie Pep comeback story, it was, I believe, one of the New York Times top 10 human interest story of that, of that year. Uh, but yeah, he's a remarkable guy. You know, survived, broke his neck and back in a plane crash uh, wow. when he was champion of the world, was told he'd never fight again, came back and won another 100 fights in his career. And, you know, Willie owns all the boxing records as far as rounds. He, uh, he's fought 200 and he has 229 wins and 11 losses. One wow. draw, I believe. Uh, yeah. So he's, he, he's gone down as one of the greatest fighters of all time. And if you talk to true Biden aficionados, even like Burt Sugar and, and Angelo uh, Dundee, they would all say that the best fighter, pure fighter, boxer, uh, is Lily Pep because of his footwork. Pound, pound, pound for pound, 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 right? Pound for pound, Willie Pep. Yeah. Because, you know, you got to remember, he fought every three weeks, mm. 10, 15 years, 15 rounds, because he wasn't Damn. a knockout artist. Man. So what made him special was his footwork inside the ring. But unfortunately, outside the ring, he couldn't avoid uh, the uh, daily punches of everyday life between wife and kids and marriage and family and money wow. and temptation. So really, wow. really cool story. And I think I would spin on it uh, and our approach to the boxing genre is different, is very uh, refreshing. So yeah, we're, we are hoping big things for Willie Pep. Wow. Sounds like, you know, you get sort of that raging bull-esque in the ring versus outside the ring mm-hmm. trauma, drama, um, but in a new way. That's going to be mm-hmm. cool. So it's called Pep. Everyone look for that. And it's co-starring Ron Livingston. And there's our band of brothers tie-in. And now we're back to American <laughs> Valor, bringing it full circle. That's the best I can do. <laughs> um no, seriously, it was. Thank you so much for that long detour into you know Hollywood. Uh, I'm a movie guy, love it. But um, but yes, it is all about the veterans here on, on Veterans Day. So everyone, watch um, American Valor. A, a salute to our troops. It's going to be um, uh, today on ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC. Uh, you can watch it everywhere. So hey, thank you so much for doing this. This was so much fun. Well, thank you, and uh, a big thank you to our men and women who've served. Uh, your work and your dedication, your bravery doesn't go unnoticed here in America. And uh, and we celebrate you today. We celebrate you every day, particularly today. And we thank you for your service from, uh, from me and my family. Awesome. James Matteo. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. This has been fantastic. I really, really appreciate your time. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, Jason. You have a good one, brother. 
Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.